Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, aka FBL Drug. How you doing, mate? Good, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, for those that have probably seen Twitter, this is the second time we're recording this, so we do apologise, but we're going to uh, get straight into things, cover off the FPL fixtures and then uh, fire away at the end. So, first things first, James. Man City 5, Arsenal 0. Yeah, what a game. Uh, Arsenal actually surprisingly started fairly well in this one. Um, played fairly well for the first five to ten minutes. Um, but then, yeah, Jesus came, came down the wing, putting a peach of a cross for Gundogan, who scored a great header. He and, did, yeah. uh, Kind of unfolded from there, really. Yeah, very much so. Comfortably beat Callum Chambers at the back there and... Uh... Yeah, from that point on, as you say, I thought Arsenal started well. After that, kind of fell apart. You know, Ferran Torres got himself two goals and an assist. <laughs> Even Rodrigo got a goal, and what a goal it was. Yeah, great goal from Rodri. Um, curled it in, like, not Roberto Carlos style, but almost. <laughs> yeah, um, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, f- fantastic performance all round from City, I think. Pretty much all the midfielders or attackers got returns, be it an assist or a goal. Um, very polished. I think they could have had more, to be honest. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I think FPL-wise, the worry for me would be this constant rotation. Obviously, we saw Mares and Sterling both rotated and this one didn't start. Both came on. You know, Mares got the assist there. But I think out of the lot of them, the only one I'd really want to touch at the moment is Ferran Torres. Yeah, Ferran Torres, I mean, he's so cheap that even with rotation, I think he's kind of worth it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus has been mm. delivering at the moment and he he's fairly cheap. He's like 8.5, probably risen to 8.6 now. But yeah, those two are the kind of the ones that I'd like to look at. Yeah, agreed. And obviously we're uh, now recording after the transfer window is shut and Man City did not sign a striker. So the likes of Ferran Torres could be uh, really good options uh, moving forward. As for Arsenal, bottom of the league. What's going on? Yeah, bottom of the league. Spurs at the top, it's uh, not great viewing for Arsenal fans. Uh, yeah, it's not looking pretty, and I kind of already regret that Ben White pick. Um, we're all screaming at how much of a bargain he was at 4.5, but if he's yeah. probably never going to keep a clean sheet, it's a bit, <laughs> bit dodgy. Exactly. <laughs> I guess, you know, looking at Arsenal's fixtures moving forward, now is the time that we want them to start performing. The fixtures have turned. If they don't perform now, then we're going to have to get rid. But yeah, I'm going to hold Ben White. Right, moving on then. I think uh, the next game, Aston Villa 1, Brentford 1. Now, from an FPL point of view, I love this game. I had three (laughs) different people return. (laughs) I bet you did, mate. Brendier and Tony both um, eagerly awaiting their return. So, delighted to see them both score. And obviously, Danny Ings getting yet another return with the assist for Brendier's goal. Um. I mean, they both they both fell in price as well, did Wendy and Tony. So did, there's yeah. an argument there to to be patient and not react to the price changes as it is. It is tempting. You see someone's good projected to fall. You're not really ha- sure if you're happy with them. It kind of gives you the extra push to take them out. And obviously, you're kicking yourself if you uh, take them out and then they uh, score. It kind of happened to me with uh, Havertz as we yep. come on to earlier. Yeah, to it did. I think you make a great point because. I've still I've saw discussions. Obviously, wildcard is um, 
at the forefront of all discussions in the FPL community at the moment. And a lot of people are wildcarding early on the basis of trying to catch these price rises and price drops. But yeah, perfect example here. You know, Wendy and Tony, as you said, both dropped in price, both got a goal for you. So had you tried to chase those price drops and uh, brought someone else in, you may well have brought, say, a Ben Rama. Didn't return this week. So um, yeah, I think you, you did very well to hold on to them. Moving on to um, a fixture in which I actually thought Brighton would do a little bit better in, but uh, it ended up being Brighton nil, Everton 2. Yeah, a uh, bit of a surprise. Fairly comfortable for Everton in this one. Um, obviously, the pen was a bit controversial <laughs> with Richarlison trying to take it off DCL. I mean, I, I hate it when players do this. It just winds me up. Yeah, we, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? And it, I think it's just, it's so petulant, you know, to try and take the ball off your teammate in that situation when quite clearly it's probably been, you know, transcribed to the players at the beginning of the game. If there's a penalty in this match, DCL takes it first. And Benitez even came out and said that that is the situation. So yeah, for Richarlison to put that additional pressure on Calvert-Lewin, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, not not a team team player really. No, not at all. The um the other player that we've spoken about on the previous pod, um, Damari Gray, obviously got himself another goal. I think it what five point six million now. He's at a price rise, unbelievable value in my opinion. Yeah, great option at that price point. We're seeing a few floating around, and I think um, the likes of him, Saar, even Sissoko, yeah. are cheap cheap enablers yeah. for people's teams. Obviously. People are going to get try and get old CR7 in. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to it, won't we? Money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, that was one of the, the big talking points of the transfer window. And yeah, we'll, we'll finish up with Man United. But the likes of Damari Gray, I think we're going to have to potentially start looking at, you know, downgrading, say, a Harvey Barnes to a Damari Gray frees up, you know, 1.4 million. And that can make all the difference. Certainly can. All right, um, moving on to a game that no doubt had both of our hearts racing and, you know, cursing a lot. It was uh, Newcastle 2, Southampton 2. Yeah, bit of a bit of a thriller, this one. Um, obviously, the end was quite dramatic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't tell me. Getting what he thought was the uh, winner for Newcastle, only for us to go up and attack the other end. Uh, Armstrong gets fouled. Obviously, it doesn't get given initially, but then VAR comes in, and you can rightly see that he he was fouled. Yeah, Prowsey, fair play to him. Cool, cool as a cucumber, slotted it away. Yeah, no, I, I was fuming when it wasn't given initially. I was like, that's clearly a penalty. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand how the ref didn't didn't call that one on pitch. But yeah, thankfully, that's what VAR is there for. I suppose the um the main two talking points from Southampton's perspective in this was the fact that. Elianusi and obviously Walker Peters both got starts after their um, performances in the uh, the midweek kind of eight 0 thriller. And Elianusi played very well, got himself his uh, his first Premier League goal. And obviously we have to note that Carl Walker Peters played left back, so um, Livermento obviously held his position as right back, and Walker Peters took Perot's spot in there. And again, thought he performed amicably. So uh, it's almost as if Perot is the one that's fighting with uh, KWP for that spot. Um, we've seen him play there before for uh, for Tottenham. So um, those with Livramento, I've I've taken the punt myself now. I think uh, probably one of the right decisions. And at four point one now, absolute bargain if he's uh, 
going to keep his place there. Yeah, cheapest chips. Could have had an assist. I mean, Shinepo mm. really should be putting that one out, that chance away. But, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, another another enabler alongside, I guess, the likes of Duffy is also what four point one at Brighton. Yeah. Great value picks. Yeah, it's good. Like we always kind of come across these uh, four point O's to start with, and it's about finding them. And I think there's two or three in the game at the moment, so it's quite quite helpful. Particularly again, as you've noted uh, about saving money. Um, as for Newcastle, obviously Saint Maximum was uh, one that was almost comically spoken about pre-season. Uh, a lot of people slated. Um, what was the name of the lad? Chuck Booth. That's it, Chuck Booth. Yeah, obviously he 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 noted Saint Maximum. People questioned him, but he's he's done all right so far, hasn't he? He's got himself uh, a goal and an assist in three games. I mean, for that Newcastle squad and the fixtures they had, it's not too shabby for uh, six point five million. No, yeah. But unfairly criticised was that guy and the other player obviously of note that got the return from Newcastle was Callum Wilson two goals in his first uh, three games again it's kind of what you expect from Wilson he's uh, he's clinical did go off with a bit of a knock but um, I think it was very much precautionary when they took him off obviously got the international break hasn't been called up for England so uh, he's got a bit of a rest and I fully expect him to be back come game week four yeah great great striker you know what you're getting but Obviously, there's a risk, like Antonio, like Ings. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. They all fall into that same category, don't they? They do hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, moving on to the next game. And I actually thought it was going to be a lot easier for the away team, but it became quite a tricky fixture. It was Norwich 1, Leicester 2. Yeah, a bit of a surprise result this one obviously Barnes owners had held him for this fixture that's probably why they started with Barnes don't fucking start <laughs> yeah did not produce in this game at all um much to their dismay I, I imagine he'll drop at least once maybe twice he's over like, this yeah. national break I don't know what to do with him it's frustrating I've, I've obviously got him he's dropped down to 6.4 and it's one of those situations that I have other potential fires or people that i want to bring in do i hold barnes given after game week four their fixtures are quite nice again and it's frustrating because i know full well it'll be the situation like you you know you sell a player and then they score in the next round so um i've got a decision to make there but one decision that i think we all went against at the start of the season mainly down to price to be honest was uh jamie vardy but once again Got himself a goal and an assist in this one. 12-pointer. Yeah, can't stop delivering. So reliable. Um, I'm wondering when he's going to slow down because <laughs> he keeps going season after season. Yeah, it's all those Red Bulls, mate. He's never going to slow down. No, free of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously um, on Norwich's side, uh, I think the joke has been about the fact that they play Arsenal, who are bottom of the league, um, in the next game. Will you be bringing in Timo Puki to captain him? I won't. Um, if, <laughs> I, I'd love to, if I didn't give a shit, I, I'd chuck him in. But even though I'm quite low down, I'm uh, not going to kill my team off just yet. <laughs> Go on, do it. Do it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And um, obviously a game in which most of us have got their star striker up next. It was West Ham 2, Crystal Palace 2. Yeah, painful one for me. Hiding behind the sofa. I... Uh, don't own Antonio. I bought Benarama in, so I was hoping that would cover me. Um, it didn't. Nope. Antonio getting fed by Cresswell. Um, 
or just himself, to be honest, uh, scoring scoring a great goal again, doing his. I think was it a chicken celebration or was it actually? For, yeah, you know, was it, it was. It, it was a pigeon. Yeah, I was going to say listening yeah. to the the Planet FPL pod. Um, I think Sudge spoke about it, and yeah, there was this pigeon that was on the pitch for the majority of the game. I thought it was a chicken celebration until I heard that podcast. And, yeah, yeah. I listen to the same podcast. So <laughs> exactly. There you go. So yeah, for for all those listeners that haven't, apparently it was because this pigeon wouldn't fuck off. And just you know, sat at the corner flag, came on the pitch, and that's why he did it. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Antonio's been called up for um, Jamaica um, in this international break, but I'm led to believe that um, he's actually only going to play the one game for them, and he's not going to play the other two. So he should be fine for game week four. He doesn't have to comply with um, COVID protocols, which we forgot to touch on with Aston Villa. Obviously, Buendia and Martinez miss game week four because of the COVID protocols, because they've been called up for Argentina. They're playing two games, flying back, and yeah, they've got to uh, sit in isolation in a hotel for 10 days. Yeah, I mean, it makes Chelsea, Lukaku appealing. Yeah, very um, much so. Game week four is going to be tasty for Chelsea, I think. Oh, definitely. Um, and then on the other side, we've obviously got Palace with, <laughs> with uh, Conor Gallagher surprising. Pretty I know. Much yeah, tell me about it. Another one of those that's, you know, five, five and a half million gets himself two goals against West Ham. Took them both very well. Yeah, great finishes. Um, if you want them to do a bit something a bit different, then you could think about him, but they do have a very tough run. Uh, yeah. The the, you say tough, their fixtures are horrendous until game week 10. It's uh, it's not what you'd want to see if you were Patrick Vieira, that's for sure. Definitely not. <laughs> All right, and um, obviously just touched on Chelsea there. The, they're the next game up. It was... Uh, a really good game to start with, and then one big decision kind of uh, turned it, but it ended up being Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. Yeah, the controversial pen and the sending off of James um, affected the obviously affected the game, but credits Chelsea after that penalty was scored. They did defend pretty well. Um, obviously, they kept themselves in the game, got the, got the draw. And yeah, they've been defensively pretty solid so far this season. Um, but the, the, the decision ultimately was made because it was a goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I personally questioned it to start with, but yeah, the rules are there. It's a goal-scoring opportunity. He's prevented it from going in and rightly penalty was given and he was sent off. Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier that you sold Kai Havertz. Uh, what a header that was. Yeah, brilliant header. Um, this is obviously his toughest fixture on paper sort of for the start of the season. So I thought, well, I'll ditch him now. He's done nothing for the first two. Um, and then obviously he sticks the knife in. I mean, he's a great player. So I wouldn't say I'm, I'd am i not go back to him at some point. Um, if Particularly game week seven, obviously. Yeah. If I don't get Lukaku and uh, Havertz would be a great pick as well. Yeah, that he's game, that game week player. seven switch is incredible, obviously. Their fixtures after that, Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. Just screams goals, doesn't it? Yeah, you're going to want triple Chelsea, surely, like one defensively and potentially two going forward. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to see most teams either at least bring in a Chelsea player as part of their wild card now or build towards that game week seven of having triple Chelsea. I agree. And then on the other side, obviously, we've got Liverpool. And again, another one of the big debates was... Uh, Bruno or Salah and um, if you were either most probably would have gone Bruno as the, as the choice 
Salah was the one that returned, obviously uh, got the penalty after the controversy, took it well, and um, they pressed and pressed, but couldn't really break down that Chelsea defence in the second half. But yeah, Salah comes away with a goal, three bonus points in a game that most probably didn't expect him to return. No, very impressive for him. Um, but he's seen a price drop rather surprisingly. Um, people are probably going to be trying to make way for Ronaldo. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's uh, it's one of those decisions that, that we're going to have to make, aren't we? Yeah, we certainly are. Um, all right, then, jumping on to the, uh, the Sunday games. And um, first things first, it was... Burnley one, Leeds one. Not what quite what I expected from Leeds in this game. I was hoping for a little bit more. Obviously, they did very well last season, beat them by I think about four goals. Not so easy this time around. Um, Burnley have looked a lot more solid at the back this season. Uh, they've been pressing a lot more. Um, very impressed with Burnley against Liverpool, and they did the same sort of work here. They did, yeah. It was that defensive like solidity. I mean, some of the challenges that they were putting in, you know, pushed the boundaries a little bit. We, we can see there that they, you know, they've picked up four yellow cards. But they did a job on Leeds. And uh, yeah, they took the lead. You know, Chris Wood kind of deflected the ball past uh, Meslier. And it took Leeds a long time before Patrick Bamford did a very similar thing and obviously deflected the ball past Pope. But uh, you wouldn't have argued it if uh, if Burnley had won this game 1-0. No, no, it it came late for Leeds, um, which will be great for Bamford owners. But yeah, they they made a good good performance, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously, Leeds have got Liverpool next, but after that, they're another one of those clubs that the fixtures really turn. And yeah, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich. It's it's a good looking run, and I can see why a lot of people are looking at say Rafinha, for instance, in the transfer window. They've brought in Dan James. Does that mean that Rafinha moves more centrally? If it does, so many people are going to be going on him. Oh yeah, definitely. It makes it makes him appealing. That uh, the pace of Dan James is going to create chances. Yeah. Going to get ahead in behind defenses. Exactly. I think yeah, he wasn't really a Man United player, but Leeds chased him before United signed him, and I can see why they've gone back for him because he, he's very much a Bielsa kind of man. You know, the work rate, the pace. I think he's going to cause teams some real problems in that system. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit for them. And um, obviously the other uh, big talking point in the transfer window was the fact that Harry Kane did not sign for Manchester City, declared that he's staying with Tottenham Hotspur, obviously got his start in this game. I saw quite a lot of people bringing him in and um, he didn't return. It ended up being Spurs at one, Watford nil. No, he didn't. Um, and he didn't look particularly great in the game. Um, whereas Son, on the other hand, uh, impressed. He scored a fantastic goal from pretty far out. I think, I think he just fooled the keeper. I think yeah. uh, Backman should be doing better. Oh. Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't go die, really properly die for it at all. No, he doesn't. That's definitely a keeper error in my opinion. But Son yeah. got his goal and you captained him, didn't you? I did, so I was absolutely loving life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, it was another 1-0 win for Spurs. Another solid defensive performance. So... Obviously, we speak about the likes of, you know, Harry Kane and Hingman Son, but is it about time that we start to look at Sanchez, Dyer, and Regulon? You know, his um, defensive options and Spurs' fixtures are are actually pretty decent, you know, in periods. So 4.5, I think it's 4.6 now for Eric Dyer. 
Still a very good price when you compare the fact that we started with Ben White. We haven't got anything out of him. Had you started with Eric Dyer, you've got three clean sheets in the back. Yeah, very impressive to start from them in the back. Um, credit to Nuno, he's got them well organised. Agreed, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how quickly, potentially, you know, Kane could do with this international break, going away with England, maybe bagging a couple of goals. Bit of confidence coming back and it'll be interesting to see how quickly he... Uh, gets the ball rolling in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, as for Watford, uh, I think, yeah, the main asset you've you've already really spoken about him earlier was um was Saar. I think Watford's fixtures again are uh, kind for the next three or four weeks. If you are looking for a bit of a, a differential there, you could even look at Emmanuel Dennis, you know, played again. So uh there are options. And yeah, he got another uh, another ninety minutes for for Watford. So what, 5.2 for a forward? If you are only looking to play two up top, no reason why you can't have Dennis as a you know a third-playing bench option. In some of these games, you'd probably even play him. Yeah, I, I mean, Watford looked pretty good in this game. Um, they were definitely in the game. Um, they started very well, actually. Sissoko looked good. He did, yeah. Um, yeah. Why not look at some of these options? Exactly. There are plenty of uh, cheap alternatives out there. And then um, the final game of the week, and obviously the big talking point was the fact that CR7 did indeed sign for Manchester United um, after rumours to be going to you know, Man City. Seems like uh, the likes of Rio Ferdinand got in his ear, told him you can't fucking go to the other side, and here he is. He's uh, signed for Man United. He's obviously gone away with Portugal. He'll be back and probably in time to uh, to play that Newcastle game. But in this fixture, it was uh, Wolves nil. Man United won. Yeah, another strong performance from Wolves. Um, pretty much everyone that's watched Wolves has been pretty impressed and sort of surprised, really, with how they've been playing. Yeah. Um, Heeper in particular has been pretty solid, making a lot of good saves in games. He's only five million, so with Wolves decent set of fixtures coming up, a lot of people on wildcards are looking at their players, and I. I can see why. Yeah, 100%. Like, like you said, yeah, four, five, six, and seven, I think are quite nice fixtures. And they've also got a really nice run from game week 11 to 14. Generally, I think all the way up till December, Wolves' fixtures are quite comfortable defensively. So, yeah, you're right to probably note the likes of Saar. Obviously, you've got Kilman, you've got Cody. I think wildcard teams in particular are going to be looking to have at least one of these Wolves assets in there. And I don't blame them. But... If I was a Wolves fan, I'd be a little bit frustrated because, yeah, we're not the only ones to say how good Wolves have been, but it's the third 1-0 loss in a row. Yeah, I mean, they're just not converting their chances. Their stats are through the mm. roof, but the likes of Traore are just not burying the chances they, they should be. No. And if he could put some of these away, he'd be an absolute bargain yeah. at 6 million. Oh, God, yeah. If, if that man could finish, he'd be probably one of the most dangerous assets in the Premier League. Yeah, easily. Um, and obviously on Man United's side, uh, Rafael Varane um, started, got himself an assist for Greenwood. I thought it was a very assured performance from Varane and he's inevitably going to improve them defensively. Yeah, massive bit of quality. The sort of signing that United fans have been crying out for for years in terms of a good defender. It's like akin to Liverpool signing Van Dyke. I think it's that much of a kind of statement signing that kind of elite defender. I think it could definitely put put them up there. It's gonna gonna help them no end at the back. 
increase the amount of clean sheets that they have. Yeah, agreed. Um, I've been very, very impressed. And obviously, David De Gea made some exceptional saves in this game. Um, I think that share is his at the moment. Obviously, with, with Henderson missing out at the start of the season from COVID, a lot of us thought that he might be the one to start the season. But David De Gea has taken his chance, proved more than his worth in this game. And it would take a very brave Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to um, drop him when Henderson returns. Good to see your cat on the stream, by the way. <laughs> She's back. Um, yeah, and so is De Gea. Um, great saves in this game. Made, I think, about five saves. And... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it can continue because it's a shame to see his sort of confidence fall like it had done. Um, obviously being dropped for Henderson, but yeah, fair play to him. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, he's only five million as well. We spoke about in preseason. You can pick up a Man United goalkeeper for five million. It's it's probably unheard of. Their fixtures aren't particularly great until I think it's game week 15. Yeah. Beginning of December. That is when you want to jump on Man United defensively because it is just a sea of green all the way through to the end of February from that point. If David De Gea still has his spot and say Rafael Varane, I'd probably go for the double up, to be honest, because, uh, yeah, looking at those fixtures, there's, there's clean sheets in there constantly. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming. And um, the impact of uh, CR7, I guess we should briefly touch on it. I don't want it to see it negatively impact the likes of Mason Greenwood because I think CR7 is inevitably going to be that forward man, isn't he? He's, he's going to fill that number nine role. So will Greenwood hopefully just push out maybe out wide? See with Dan James going, the spot is there for probably Greenwood and Sancho, but then you've got Rashford as well. It's It's how they fit all of these players into one system. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. I feel like Greenwood might drop down to the bench again and then come on as an impact sub. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to say at this stage. But what it is, is very exciting to see Ronaldo back in the Premier League. Yeah, oh, big time. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. He's going to be a different player, isn't he, to what we were he used is. to? But... He is. And is he going into your team? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fact that they play Newcastle at home basically surely he's captaincy like we know oh. we know the type of man he is yeah he's 36 years old but all the studies show that he's he's basically got the the fitness and body of a 26 year old he's he's gonna score goals that has got you know back at old trafford you know re-emerging in the premier league it's got ronaldo hattrick all over it surely yeah yeah no i'd expect him to come back for bang and the fear of not owning him is extreme like you what and also nostalgia i think it just it just makes me want to get him Ex I, I want it. i'll be happy seeing ronaldo in my team exactly exactly and obviously at the moment i've got bruno so i've got the decision there that i'm probably going to have to downgrade bruno to someone maybe a rafinha to then upgrade say a, a danny ings who's probably the most likely to go out of my three forward players to a, a cristiano ronaldo and we now know he's obviously 12 and a half million it's uh it's one of those prices that you're going to have to make sacrifices elsewhere to get him in. Oh, oh, you are, and I, I will have to. Um, thankfully, I can do it without actually taking a hit. I've yeah. got two transfers. Likewise, I can I can downgrade Van Dyke to a four point one. <laughs> well, and then upgrade Ings. <laughs> if you don't already have Timo Livramento, there you go. That's the perfect downgrade, mate. Yeah, him or Duffy are the two I'm looking at. <laughs> 
I'd probably stay away from Duffy personally, only because I genuinely believe that with Veltman back, I think Duffy out of the back three of Dunk, Webster and Duffy, he's probably the one to miss out. Potentially, but I feel like like that might be his place now to lose. Like I think he's been playing quite well. He has, yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, I think out of the two, I think Livramento for me is probably the more nailed. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Bad at the start of the season. No, you definitely <laughs> wouldn't. Well, uh, talking about our teams, then, do you want to um, jump onto how you got on this week, mate? Yeah, let's do it. So a very good week for me. The first week that I've actually done well. Uh, Seventy-seven points. Tidy. Got a clean clean sheet from Dinya. Eight points from Wan-Bissaka, a captaincy success in Son, Wendy are on 10, Salah on 10, Tony getting six points, Bamford on eight. Very good week all round and saw me up a massive rise from about 4.1 million <laughs> to 2.4. Yeah, I, I didn't want to come on to the, the, your start and how, how difficult it's been for you, but it, it was good to see. To be fair... I didn't want to see me, you know, 70-odd points ahead of you already three game weeks in, so it's nice to see you claw back at least 13 of those. Yeah, we've got to make it interesting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, again, I had a pretty pretty good week. I had 64 points in the end. Um, similar to you, you know, that United clean sheet, I got Luke Shaw, Salah, Bamford, Antonio captaincy, and uh, Danny Ings with the assist there. So, yeah, 64 points. Takes me to 252 overall, and I'm sitting at 79k, so... I can't complain given at this stage last season I was about 3.1 million. So uh, it's nice to have a good start for once. No, yeah, decent start. Something to build on. Exactly. Obviously, we're now in the um, the international break period. So uh, I don't think we're going to look at game week four just yet because next week we've got a, a special guest coming on to particularly talk about Newcastle because he's a an avid Newcastle fan. He's been through it all with the club. Um, and it'll be interesting to get his views on, you know, the current ownership. We're all aware in the media of what's going on, the kind of players in and around the club and where he genuinely sees the club going. But we're not going to give away a name just yet. We'll allow him to introduce himself next week. But I think we'll probably then touch on game week four towards the end of that and get our opinions on captaincy and whatnot, because there's an international break to enjoy and injuries can happen, can't they? They certainly can. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having the guest on absolutely so uh, i think that's a, a good place to end the podcast james uh, i sincerely hope people have enjoyed the show uh once again apologies it's a day late but uh hopefully you've got something out of it nonetheless uh to end the show as always it's a goodbye from me and goodbye from me cheers guys <laughs>